Welcome to On The Hill Podcast. So we're back, back on the hill, back on the hill, and, uh, episode seventeen. Seventeen, good to see you. We've got a special guest here today. Um, do you want to do a little intro first? Yeah, I would just say uh, if you want to listen to us or watch us, we're on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, and this video will be up in a few weeks after episode sixteen. So, yeah, sixteen was just released. Yeah, and if you go on there to, you know, particularly YouTube, give us a like, give us a comment if you can, and then um, make a suggestion. If you want to come on the show, hit us off on like Facebook Messenger, or, or if you have somebody you would like to see on the show or a topic. But now, without further ado, Tamara Wright. Hey, you said it right. Good. <laughs> really? How do people yeah. usually say it? What do they usually mess up? Tamara. Oh, Tamara. Yeah. I had a, well, I probably shouldn't say this. But anyway, <laughs> I know it. Know it Tamara before. Oh, there's like over you know 40 what? ways to say my name and spell it. So Hakuna Matata. Tamara, yeah. I had a friend Hakuna who Hakuna dated Matata. a Tamara. We kept calling her Tamara. Oh, and yeah. She had a, yeah. So she corrected us the other way. Huh. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, this so, girl, that was a long time ago. But anyway, nothing, nothing like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, this girl was like, like Tamara, like camera. Oh, yeah. She would say it like that. It's weird. But, but I, anywho, Tamara. Tamara, like camera. Well, she went, no, it was spelled the same, but it was Tamara. That's how you said it. No, I've always so she was like Tamara, but with a yeah. T. But I've always heard Tamara. So. <laughs> well, here you are. So, you know, we, we met some time ago. Um, you were uh, at the academy, and then we met there, and um, we've been friends ever since. Yeah, definitely. Off and on, yeah. So, I mean, we've kept contact, but, you know, you We pretty much kept contact. It wasn't um, anything crazy. Life got into it. You were working, and I was figuring out life at that point so <laughs> yeah i tell all the recruits back then or even now is like you know if i can help you in any way i'm, I'm going to and, and i try to stay true to my word but anyway mm-hmm. so uh we normally start with um where folk grow up so i grew up if nobody's familiar with the state of virginia or at least central virginia i grew up in a small county called cumberland county mm-hmm. so between prince edward where longwood university is and palatine that's where i grew up so Graduating class was around a hundred, if not less than a hundred people. Wow! Yeah, <laughs> and this is a public a public school. Yeah, public school. And fun fact: it's um, May will be ten years since I graduated. Wow! I know. Me too. Really? Yeah, they're setting up my uh, my ten year alumni thing this year. Reunion. Reunion. That's what's called. We we're supposed to have a five year, and I don't think that happens. And I don't think there's anything in the works for a ten year for us. So, yeah, but. Just sent us it. I didn't realize it until like last week. Yeah. I got an invite and I was like, God, I feel old. Did you mm. get a class ring? I did. Good. Guess what? I'm wearing mine today. Oh, is that what that is? <laughs> uh huh. I'm surprised I, it actually still fits. My, mine's Everyone's in a box like, somewhere. I got to find it. That's pretty oh, nice yeah. though. Yeah, the fact that it fits is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Some days it fits, other days it doesn't. <laughs> 2014. Oh, yeah. It's and crazy. That was Cumberland County. Cumberland, it? Cumberland County High. Yeah. So it's a paradox. Yeah, stone? it's my um, birthstone, August. Mine too. Oh yeah, he's August too. It's very nice. Yeah, that's what I noticed uh, when when you came in. I saw the ring, and I thought I was like, "That's got to be a paradox." So I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up. Mm-hmm. So what day in August? August sixth. Damn, I'm mm-hmm. August 9th, man. I know. But you do have a 
Oh, so that's my mom's birthday is August 6th. Yeah. Because they're really? right. They, yeah. I haven't met anybody who has another <laughs> August 6th. Well, um, recently one of my coworkers, um, I found out that she's also born on August 6th. And we both wow. had like a girly moment. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a, you know, yeah. Well, I started, she just got home. But yeah, she's August 6th and you're August 9th. Yeah. And then it used to confuse me because he's older. Mm-hmm. And but as a kid, she her birthday like came first in the month. So I never understood yeah. why she was younger than him. Yeah. I, I was like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, she's but, born before you in the sixth. You're born in the ninth. How are you older? It's like two years prior. So I was born in 68, man. I'm old. You know what? I, I don't know which one. This is this is kind of dark. But August 6th and August 9th were both the bombings in Japan. Really? Mm-hmm. No, oh, yeah. So I don't know what... What Nagasaki. Order? Yeah. Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, just how, both. that's how we roll on those days. <laughs> I, I mean, dark humor. I'm, uh, hey, we came in with bombs, so let's go. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and then my sister, she was born on... to follow. Yeah. Her birthday's 9-11. So all Ooh. three of them have like really dark birthdays. But we're such Ooh. nice people. <laughs> we are. Most of the time. Yeah. I mean, I do have a dark side. I don't know if your mom, your mom, maybe, but... I definitely have a dark side, but anyway, it's not the well. Mm-hmm. Well, if you, we're Leos, man. Yeah, we definitely have a dark side. If you know, if you're a Leo, you don't have a dark side. Something's up. Mm-hmm. You're, you're lying to somebody. Yeah, oh, I yeah. guess so. Lying to yourself, speak. bro. I'm March, so I'm not a. What are you like a Libra? <clears throat> I'm a fish. I'm a Pisces. Pisces. I, oh, I don't, you're I don't, not a leprechaun. You sure? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I'd be kind of tall for a leprechaun. Just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cover the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Yeah. If anyone knows where the pot of gold is, I'll take it. There you go. <laughs> what if? What do you got to do to get it though? <laughs> that I don't know. That, that, that's the that's, pitch. That's, that's the question pitch. for the yeah. leprechaun. Oh yeah. But no. <laughs> All right. Let's get back on track. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. All right. Um, so you grew up in Cumberland, and um, so I mean, you basically born and raised in Cumberland. Born and raised on, well, not really born in Cumberland. I actually was born out towards Lynchburg. Okay. Yeah. Um, family kind of bounced around to where my mom had me young. She, two months after she turned 15, she had me. Wow. So baby, ra- raising a baby. Yeah. But uh, grew up, first house was in Appomattox when I was an infant. And then we moved out to Cartersville, which is part of Cumberland County next yeah. to the James River. Mm-hmm. So... With that, I was out there for a little bit, and then about elementary school, middle school. There, no, elementary school. There's a little stint because mom and dad split um, right. when I was about six or seven years old. Okay, there's a stint to where dad let mom take my brother and I, who's five years younger than me, um, to go live with her and her dad out in West Virginia. That's where mm. a lot of my family is anyway, mm. and. I was out there for about a month. Dad came back to get us because he got a call that we weren't in school for like the last two weeks, or at least I wasn't. My brother was still in diapers at that point. So came back home and then, yeah, graduated Cumberland, uh, May 2014. And then I was 17. And then I went off to Ferrum College. Hmm. And where yeah. is that? Is that is that in Cum- or near Cumberland? or is that? No, I went out uh, BFE. So that way nobody uh. can come in the... Visit me or anything like that, but yeah. if you're familiar with Virginia Tech and Rafford, I'm actually about an hour and a half from Virginia Tech, about 45 minutes from Rafford. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. I feel like, well, is it near, have you ever heard of um, Floyd County? Yes, it's um, close to Floyd County. Yeah, I feel like when, when my brother lives in Floyd now. He retired and moved to Floyd, but uh, 
one of the times we came home. Floyd we, Fest? Yeah. Well, yeah. Floyd Fest, yeah, yeah. But one of the times we left his house, well, his family lives there, him and his wife. And, but we, I think we went by Fairham College. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've seen it before. I just yeah, didn't I know where I referred to it. Uh, Route 15, yeah, you'll bypass it depending on which way you're going. But, yeah, Ferrum, you'll cut through campus and the Blue Ridge Farm, um, Blue Ridge Museum, excuse me, and the farm. So college will be on your right, the farm and everything will be yeah, on your left. Yeah, I think left. so. Yeah, that sounds right. Nice. Mm-hmm. Now, have you been to Floyd Fest? No, I have not. But a You've handful- never been either. Well, it got canceled last year for some reason. I couldn't get the park, believe it or not. Yeah, no, they, but- they had a whole new venue. Yeah, because one of the people I used to work with, she was helping with the company was putting it together. Mm-hmm. And like a m- month before or something, they had set up, they had, I mean, everything, the porta potties, the stages, everything set up. And then the the property itself, the property manager said, never, never mind, you guys can't use this. And they had to cancel the whole thing. Why is that? I mean, anyway, that's not getting all that. <laughs> yeah, they. I host remorse, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, they. I don't know, like something was guaranteed and then. Someone didn't fall through with something, and it just yeah. bad, slipped through the cracks. I mean, that's, that's legendary because my brother goes. I mean, that's a big uh, – so you've got – I mean, I, I'm more of a topic, but Floyd is like you know, like the weed capital of the of, – well. So you got Floyd, which is Hippie Central, yeah. as I like to put it, and then Franklin County, which is where Ferrum's at. It's Moonshine County. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, I was going to ask you. All right, <laughs> yeah. so Franklin was the original. So that's why you went out there. <laughs> Yeah, but the moonshine. <laughs> yeah, it is Franklin's. I, I couldn't think of. It. I'm glad you said it. I was going to ask you that. That's exactly what I was going to ask you. Yeah. So Frank, that's a, that's the uh, the moonshine capital, man. Yeah, it was actually um, really cool about the history. I mean, I grew up in. I have family ties up in West Virginia, so knowing about the white lining up there, and of course mm-hmm. knowing this history, it was really cool. But no, um, when it came time to, after I graduated, it was either for me, it was join the military, mm-hmm. or go to school. And with that, going to school was far-fetched because then I would have to put myself through it, pay for it, because wow. mom, well, my stepmom and my dad couldn't really afford right. to push me through or anything like that. And then at that time, my mom and I didn't have a really good relationship, so we were, like, on and off. So, mm-hmm. But, uh, no, so I applied to three colleges just to see. I applied to Longwood, I think it was. I also had a... Um, Connection with the cheerleading team with Longwood because hmm. of one of their camps during summer school, during high school. Yeah. They're like, hey, when you graduate, give us a call. But, yeah, the person who told me that was no longer there. Oh. So <laughs> I tried for VCU, didn't hear back from them, and I applied to Ferrum because one of my cousins hmm. on my dad's side was going into her fifth year there. Okay. So I was like, hey, it's somewhere new. I know somebody. We got the approval to be roommates together. She put in a good word for me where she has her work study, which is the mail room. So I already had that part lined up. So I was like, why not? Give it a shot. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually really glad that I chose the school route because I was on a very tight leash, so to speak, with um, home. So that gave me the opportunity to pretty much spread my wings, figure out life, figure out how people actually work. Mm -hmm. So with that, it was a lot of fun. Um, Once I figured out what... I wanted to do and everything really switched my majors. It was criminal justice, but mm-hmm. of course, how I grew up, it was if you have that, don't come back home. Wow. So <laughs> after one class I had, it was an elective, it was orienteering. Um, I switched to recreational leadership as a major with outdoor rec. Hmm. So with that, I had a blast and I went for two years. Um, I was on track to either graduate a semester early, if not a year early. 
Hmm. So sophomore summer, I applied to do my internship. It was either an internship or E-term in order to be part of your graduation packet. Mm -hmm. So I was like, if I'm on track, let's go ahead and knock this out. I applied for AmeriCorps. So I was an AmeriCorps service member for a 675-hour program, and that was with Virginia State Parks. Mm -hmm. And I've worked with Virginia State Parks. It was one of my first official jobs, so to speak. I don't count work study with college. Um, I was a lifeguard with Bear Creek Lake State Park, which is in Cumberland County, and worked my way up there. And when I came home from school, it Mm -hmm. was I was a – housekeeper. So I would go and help out and everything. I didn't want to sit at home for a month. Mm -mm. (laughs) (laughs) And then, um, AmeriCorps, I did, it was the Virginia State Park Trail and Interpretation Program. So when I wasn't creating programs and facilitating those, it was doing trail maintenance. Hmm. So Hmm. I got to do that over the summer. I was on a living allowance of like $3,000 that summer. So with that, I couldn't pay off my loan or at least my balance from the previous semester in order to return and re-sign up for, um, register for classes for right. the next one. So, but that summer was also a pretty bad one because once I came home, um, I ended up living in a tent for about six weeks. Goodness gracious. Wow. Yeah. What happened? In Cumberland? Yeah. So I Man. didn't want to, um, leave the AmeriCorps system and like fail trying to get my education and everything. So I stuck it out with that and I pretty much had to like nowhere to go. Let's just say the family structure fell apart. Mm -hmm. So lost the house that we were in and dad was taken care of, I guess at that point, my stepmother had a place to go. And when I came home that summer, my brother actually moved in with one of our uncles, my dad's brother. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that until I came home and he was with him for like two months at that point. So I was like, uh, where am I going? <laughs> so I was like, well, I'm at the state park. I got a couple of good coworkers. So if anything, I'll be fine. I'll finish it up. I'll be going back to school. Be good. Mm-hmm. I stayed in the tent for six weeks. That's rough. Six weeks. And then getting ready to go back to school. Um, they closed down the bunkhouse for me, which was about two weeks in the bunkhouse um, that was on the state park property right so that way i can get everything ready for school and all that found out i couldn't go back so i was like well the reason i did americorps was for the seagull education award which is a seven thousand dollar reward that goes towards your education Mm -hmm. i explained to the people who dealt with that part of it and they're like nope you can't use it for any previous education um debt that you have you have to use it for the upcoming one and i told them my situation they're like nope and I was like, well, there goes my education mm. award to take care of my next year, year and a half. So yeah. that sucks. Waste of summer. But I had a lot of fun that summer. That's I do. awesome. A couple of the programs that I started is still used to this day. So one of them was um, SUP in the morning, mm-hmm. stand-up paddleboard. So it would be a stand-up paddleboard um, beginner's class or at least a class to get out and experience the nature of the lake mm-hmm. and everything before boating hours and everything. Yes. Um, yakking out and back is also a <laughs> beginner's course on the kayak. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of fun with that, similar to SUP in the morning. But that was um, – it fluctuated. Every other day it was either SUPs or kayaks. And was so, it like – for camps or was it just people who just could come in and oh it was and, open to whoever came into the state park oh, that's awesome oh yeah so my first couple for my stand up in the uh sup in the morning was mm-hmm. a couple from dc 
So nice. I got a shout, shout out through AmeriCorps on my posts and Virginia State Parks. And then um, there was a picture taken. We were doing, I was um, in my AmeriCorps gear and the interpretive uh, ranger, she was doing old timey game. I was doing old timey games and she was doing a touch table hmm. in the day use area. So they snapped a picture of us and that picture is still used oh, wow. for the park and everything. So that's it's cool. just like, yay, I did something. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, I mean, that's amazing. I think, I mean, hearing the story, you know, you, you did all these things and you could have been totally bitter, but you're like, here are some great things that came out of the program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's amazing. I'm sitting here, and you light right up talking about it, too. So, I mean. Oh, I had a lot of fun, and <laughs> um, I still go out and visit the park. Um, oh, yeah. I have a great park family out there, even though a lot of people have left, and some have moved up. Others have moved out and grown. I still keep in contact with some of them. Some of mm-hmm. them reach out to me saying, hey, really wish you were doing this because remember this. So, what, what park specifically? Bear Creek Lake. Bear Creek Lake, okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. You probably said that, but yeah, but. Oh, you're good. <laughs> so Bear Creek Lake is uh, where is that exactly? What county? Cumberland County. Okay. Right, it's in right. the middle of the Cumberland State Forest. I'm so to think of, yeah, there's one out in um, dang on Withville. It reminds me of that name. I can't think of the name of it, but I have to look it up. Yeah, well, I mean, Virginia um, just came out with forty plus parks. Two of them, I think it's 42 state parks they now have. Wow. Um, but when I started, it was like either 36 or 38 with the state parks. So they've oh, opened yeah. up one near Shenandoah, and then they opened up one that actually just visited um, the other day, and that's just south of York River okay. State yeah. Park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we, we've always done some camping and stuff. You know, we tent camped, and we now we got an uh, actual camper, but travel trailer but and mm-hmm. we love we love the state parks yeah in virginia they're glamping now oh yeah they're a lot of fun <laughs> yeah we're clamping instead of glamping t- yeah <laughs> yeah but i mean you know you get older but so i mean i we've been in a tent for a couple of days i know how hard that is so i can't imagine the six week time so now, was it like a big <laughs> like an eight person tent or was no it- a two-person tent oh. i had enough room to fit <laughs> so i had a memory foam mattress a twin size memory foam mattress mm-hmm. it was big enough to fit that in my trunk that was my closet my table my storage unit so to speak yeah. and then i had a few things in my jeep at the time so it was big enough to have that and um in the time frame, in the last like two weeks of when I was in, we had the biggest storms that month. So I had my birthday in a tent followed by some severe storms. So I was so <laughs> scared that my everything was going to flood. I was going to lose the tent or anything. Hmm. And But no, when we had those storms and stuff, um, the friend I had who was the interpretive ranger I was just talking about, she invited me out. We became really close friends. She invited me out to stay at the house and everything. Oh, that's so nice. I was like, oh, yay. Yeah, <laughs> man. So, I mean, I don't want to do on this too long, but so when you were in this thing for this tent for six weeks, I mean, was there, was there a time was like you were like, how am, I, how am I still going? What's keeping me going? Not like suicidal, but just like this is, this is no fun. 
Uh, yeah, I've actually had that. I thought I that I was at the end of my rope. Like, where am I going to go from here? Right. Yeah, it's tough. And then you found out about the school thing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it was just like, okay, I have to figure something out. And at that time, it was very heartbreaking with the family. And it was just trying to figure out me in the sense. And it was just like, I felt like I had nobody. Right. Mm-hmm. But um, after finding out I couldn't go to school or anything, I called my great-grandmother and my grandmother who live in Powhatan County, yeah. one county over. I was like, hey, um, I just got, I talked with the park and I was like, since I can't go back to school and y'all took the bunkhouse off the um, site for two weeks while I was waiting two or three weeks, um, can I apply to be a, what was it? Te- uh, a technician. It was, a. Uh, that's probably not the term of it, but I was housekeeping and a maintenance ranger. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would bounce between housekeeping and maintenance depending mm-hmm. on what was needed for the day or I did mm-hmm. both. So once I got told, yeah, we'll hire you for this part and get you started and everything, I called my grandmother and I was like, hey, can I stay with you for a little bit? So I stayed with my great-grandmother for about a month and I was on my way to work one morning and I rolled my Jeep. Goodness gracious. Mm-hmm. Lost control of it, um, going into a sharp curve because somebody was over the yellow line, and I tried to yeah. move, but I was yeah, I didn't really overcorrect. I moved over into the farther outside of my lane, and the ass in my jeep, excuse me, tail in my oh, jeep, <laughs> tail in my jeep caught loose gravel that morning, and I went into a ditch. Fish tail to the right, came back out of it. Of course, I turned into it, got it back up onto the road. Fish tail to the left. <laughs> And then next thing I know it, I what was on my right, what was on my right was in front of me. So <laughs> I saw road. Here's the yard because it was a converted ditch. Wow. I saw that and I saw a tree across my arms. It's like sail. <laughs> rolled twice. Yeah. I rolled twice and my Jeep was done. Wow. Mm-hmm. But I was able to get out, had my seatbelt on. Um, so my seat's seat belt kept me in so i had to undo myself from being upside down backed out gas was leaking so no fire or anything but now i'm like how am i going to get to work (laughs) (laughs) what am i going to do so i couched there for a little bit after that um no no significant injuries or anything like that um I had a bump on my shoulder that was just from the impact of rolling because i rolled from left to right well right over left um, I was sore from where the seatbelt was and where I crawled out had some glass on my arms. That was about it. But uh, yeah. other than that, walked away from it, couch surfed for a little while, and then what did I do with that? Um, my dad, by that point, had moved in with a family friend. Hmm. So they had a spare room, mm-hmm. stay, with, uh, um, stay with us. And, of course, my dad and my stepmom were trying to figure things out and hmm. – family friend had another house they were just working on it so they're like hey just stay here and the house is fine i can move back in so yeah thinking the family was getting back together and then it went right back down in the toilet so then i called um some additional family and they're i took them up on their offer they're like we're no we know that you're not in a really good situation you you've got nothing going on come out here there's more opportunity out here which is Midlothian. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was with them for four years. Oh, good. Yeah. And then in that time frame, I worked for the fitness industry. I worked for Gold's Gym for about two years. Mm. 
um, went into law enforcement. I got hired with Division of Capitol Police in Richmond. Right. That didn't work out. And then I went to Cabela's, which is in Short Pump, worked there for a little bit, and then I got back into Virginia State Parks. Mm. So, and when I got into the Virginia State Parks aspect of it, I was working in the headquarters. So I was the one that you would call to set up um, your campsites, your reservations for the cabins, the Mm -hmm. pavilions, your Mm. parking passes, all that good stuff, and then COVID happened. So I teleworked for about four months um, going into that, and I was like, yeah, no, I need a big girl job. I need insurance. <laughs> if I want to get the hell up out of this attic that I'm living in, I need to do something. <laughs> so um, a few years prior when I was working for Gold's Gym, I actually reached out to one of my fraternity brothers. Yeah, me of all people joined a sorority while I was in college. So <laughs> let's just say I needed girlfriends, but the perk was it. I got some really cool brothers. Yeah. So um, worked out. Oh yeah, it definitely worked out. <laughs> now, what what goes in? Did you work at um, the one in Melothian? Okay, right off of two eighty eight. Because my uh, brother in law, he works. He's the manager at the one in Meadowbrook. Meadowbrook, yeah, so, off Chippenham. So Meadowbrook's actually one of the smaller locations. Yeah. So those are the ones you get. You can do a day day pass or something like that. It's mm-hmm. not a contract. So you can oh it's a month to month. It is month to month, yeah. So the one I worked at was one of the big <clears throat> four. It's Midlow, Arboretum, Weston, and then no, it was one of the big three and then they opened up Gaten off of mm. Gaten Road. So that one was the big one where you signed up for a year or two contract. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Met a lot of cool people in the fitness industry too. Yeah. Um, still in contact with them. I got to meet Sydney Gunst, who hmm. is the one that started like Innsbruck and everything. Oh wow! So he was That's like cool. one of my favorite like early birds. Yeah. So he'll run out after he's done boxing with one of the um, personal trainers, <laughs> mm-hmm. and he'll run out. He's like, "Put this on my tab." One of his uh, protein shakes, and then a bunch of the early birds invited me out to Hardywood to go hang out and everything. And mm-hmm. when I found out that Sydney passed, uh, all of us got together and went back out to Hardywood. And it was just like, wow. this is nice. Yeah, that mm-hmm. is awesome. Dang. But no, um, yeah, I worked for Gold's Gym uh, for a little bit. Thought I was going to move up and do something with that, but I got pretty much cut off from moving up. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, okay, got to do something else. But anywho, um, when I was with Virginia State Parks, about two years um, after leaving Gold's, um, I reached out to one of my fraternity brothers again because at the time when I was working for Gold's, I put in an application to work for the Department of Corrections. Right, So right. going back for the state. And I didn't like, I had just like this feeling, I guess my intuition kicked in that this is not a good time to move into it. So, and I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm mentally prepared for that because I was at the time like 21 22, 22. Mm-hmm. The first time you mean, yeah. Yeah. So um, secured an interview and this locate, this facility had to do a physical um, with it because it, I think it was uh, not, it wasn't Greenville. I think it was um, Paltan. Hmm. Yeah, it was Paltan, the men's facility. So I pulled my application from that and I was like, no, I'll wait until I'm a little bit older thinking I can, Handle the mindset of being locking, being locked in with inmates as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. a little scary. A little <laughs> scary, but I also knew that I was still trying to figure out me. Yeah, and that I knew I was 
mature enough to do that, but not to the extent of being able to handle myself in those situations. I knew I was able to handle myself for a lot of it, but I was like, after a couple of uh, stories I've heard from people who are correctional officers who are jailers, I was like, yeah, no. Did you have family in it or was it just through the fraternity brother and... No, I didn't have um, any family in any type of law enforcement. They were on the other side of the wall. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's right. You said if you get a criminal justice, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. (laughs) But no, um, I had friends um, on the other side, but I also had the mindset that I wanted to be in law enforcement because I wanted to be the hero that I needed growing up. Mm, Right, right. So with that, and I always thought like the TV shows were like really cool and everything. But no, so... um, my connection was my fraternity brother. He mm-hmm. was in probation and parole for Henrico County. So okay. he reached out to me and he's like, hey, T, go ahead and do this. And I was like, okay. And then when I decided that I needed to get back and get a full-time job so that way I can get my life started and everything, like figure it out and just pick something and run with it for a while. Yeah. Um, I reached out to him. He's like, this is like my last string I got to pull for you. So I applied and with the facility out in Goochland County. Mm-hmm. So all of these counties I've mentioned are like fairly close to each other. Like right. they all oh, touch yeah. at some point. Yeah. Um, I applied for a women's facility in Goochland hmm. and VCCW, Virginia Correctional Center for Women. Applied there and the person who interviewed me knew my fraternity brother. So um, they were able to chit chat right before I came in. And I was like, hey, look for the opportunity, move forward. And they're like, oh, great. Guess what? Here you go. Hmm. I was like, oh. easy. <laughs> I was like, that was easy. I thought it going with the state because I applied for state troopers and everything. I almost got in with the state troopers, mm-hmm. um, but due to them not knowing that I had a tattoo on my hand nor That's, on the back of my neck. Yeah, I remember this now. Yeah, <laughs> that's when you were at the academy. Yeah, I remember this coming up. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you told the story. At, this is when you were at the academy. Yeah, uh, yeah. So um, when I met you, it was like like two months after I applied for. Yeah, State police. Yeah, literally the... Uh, That's what did it? This is what did it. Literally. The, I have. So for those who are just listening, I have a rose tattoo on my thumb. Yeah, just on the thumb. <laughs> just on the thumb. Um, the ones on my wrist, I, they're, those are my newest additions. Uh, okay. But the one on my wrist, um, I got shortly after moving in with my family in Midlothian. And this is for my mom, and I'll tell you all about that later. But I came in for my interview... And, of course, they lead you into the headquarters to do your interview and all. So the person who interviewed me was walking in front of me, didn't see that I had a tattoo on the back of my neck. (laughs) So with that, um, everything was going good. And at the time, I cut my hand on some boxes at work. Like Mm -hmm. two days prior, I had a Band-Aid wrapped around it. So when we got to the part about the tattoos and everything, and I was like, well... I have one here, but I caught my hand. That's why there's a Band-Aid on it. And they're like, oh, you don't have to remove it. I already ripped off the Band-Aid. And I was like, here you go. That's what's on my hand. And then like, you have one on the back of your neck? And I was like, yeah. What? Like, they didn't comprehend that I had one. And I was like, well, sir, you walked in front of me the entire time. And for being my background investigator, I'm surprised you didn't see that part. But okay. (laughs) Plus you have long hair, right? Oh, I had my hair up oh, gotcha. for the interview. Gotcha. So with that, so they could see it and everything. But I got to um, meet one of the head recruiters, and I actually had a couple of state troopers who, um, through Golds, told me to apply and everything. They, When I told them I couldn't get in, they were really mad. They hated the recruiter that they had. 
So if you're listening, I'm sorry, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, they said wait another year or two and apply again. But they really hammered down on this one. They're like, are you going to wear a glove? Are you going to reapply the makeup and everything after being outside for six hours in the rain dealing mm-hmm. with something? And I'm like, the amount of people law enforcement deals with, I'm pretty sure a tattoo. But then again, state police um, are high and tight. They mm-hmm. wanted that professional look. So I understood. But I was like, I can't afford to remove it. But yeah, I know I'm going to afford the Band-Aids. I'll, I mean, I'll buy stock in them <laughs> if I have to um, or the makeup. So I'm fine with it. But if it's something I have to do, I'll go through it. But I can't do that until I'm on your payroll. They're like, no. I was like, okay. All I had to do was a behind-the-wheels test and then I was in. Hmm. So that was the deciding factor? Mm-hmm. My tattoos. Yeah, I would have just like put on like a Michael Jackson glove or something. <laughs> well, they have the fingerless gloves um, that are like dry fit and everything. Yeah, just yeah, I'm, like, I'm just like kidding, but I'd be yeah. like, hey, I, if, this, if the issue is this, yeah. 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 Which you should have just cut my thumb off and let's, let's get busy. <laughs> no, this is the business hand, okay? Yeah, but that, I, that, I, can't, I can't shoot left-handed. That would have been cool. That would have showed your dedication. Man. <laughs> yeah, I would have been like the Michael Jackson. They had that, that, that silver glove, man. <laughs> Wasn't it white? Uh, it was a white glove. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it was a white glove followed by a silver glove. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. But you had like a little uh, glamour shit. What's it called? When people decorate stuff? Glitter. Glitter. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm slow, <laughs> but yeah. It's okay. Yeah, glitter glove, man. Cool. Wow. I don't know if they'd like that either, though. Mm-mm. Yeah, I could just see a black glove. I mean, you know. And maybe, you, yeah. But I mean, you know what, though? It all worked out for yeah, me. Yeah, I think yeah. that, you know, Everything's listen to for a reason. Listen to your story to this point. You know, first of all, I'm just, I'm blown away. I mean, I knew some of it, but I didn't know all, even just this part of it. And it's like the tenacity and then the um, drive you had to push forward. Mm-hmm. I mean, that says a lot about you, man. And, and we haven't even really gotten to the hardest part of your life, really. No, I think um, in between of high school going up to right before um, I got back with the state full time with my corrections gig, I think that was like the hardest time going from living in a tent to I am living with family to I am bouncing jobs, trying to get my foot in the door, pretty much chase the dollar sign mm-hmm. um, just to get myself up and going to make sure I'm taken care of. It was so much. But um, what was it? In the time frame that I was in college, just backtracking a little bit. Um, so I went into college in 2014, um, 2016 is when I came back and 26, that Christmas, so Christmas 2015, Mm -hmm. um, I said that I have a stepmom and then my mom and I didn't have a really good relationship. Mm -hmm. So December 2015 was the first time I saw my mom in about three years because I thought I was told she, she washed her hands of us. She moved on, whatever. And I was like, okay, come to find out that was just all a a facade. Mm-hmm. She still knew what my brother and I were doing. She was sending my grandmother money or our birthday and Christmas gifts to her and stuff like that. It was just my mom was trying to get herself taken care of. Again, mm-hmm. she was 15 when she had me. Sure. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So with that, that was the first time I seen her. And at this point, she was married. She seemed very well taken care of. Mm-hmm. And we were working on our relationship, especially now that I was older and I can actually speak for myself. I didn't have to live underneath a thumb or of my dad and my stepmother. So yeah. I was just like, okay. And then um, I lost my mom in March of 2016. 
got the call that my mom's missing. So I was in school. I was just walking across campus because um, with my lifeguard certification, it was good for two years. I lifeguarded at the school through mm-hmm. the YMCA when I was in school. Came back and I got the call and I walked into my room and at the time I was with a sorority sister. She saw my face go away and she's like, what's wrong? It's like, my mom's missing. Like nobody's heard from her or anything like this. And yeah. so I let that sink in. I was like, well, well, my mom's a gypsy soul anyway. She's always moving somewhere. So I was like, no. And then it really sank in that she went missing. And then um, October of that year, her case went from missing to homicide. Mm. Come to find out her husband that I met one time mm-hmm. was beating on her. So she was a domestic. Um, it was a domestic pretty much. Uh, found out over time that he's actually put her in her hospital a couple times. She had a collapsed lung, um, busted up face. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know that, but, oh, I was so mad. Yeah, I'm sure. I was so mad. I was ready to go out and go find him, like, full-on sure. revenge and all this, and I was just like, no, I can't do that because of what I wanted to do with my life. But, no, um, losing her, it actually sucked because – we were working on having the relationship and everything. And I was like, I got my mom back. I'm actually going to have my mom in my life. And then I lose her. And I'm like, nah, I didn't lose her. She's just off running around. No, you lost her. Mm -hmm. So um, the rose tattoo I have on my hand, I got it when I was at, again, another figuratively at the end of my rope. I didn't think I was going to get into any um, agencies or anything like that, all of the big girl jobs, as I put it. Right. And I was like, screw it, I'm going to get a hand tattoo. There goes my bank job. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I got a rose tattoo on my right hand. My last name's Wright. That's my mom's maiden name. My mom had rose tattoos, and for the longest time I hated roses. <laughs> but if you get really into it, it's like the rose, very beautiful, but also has a th- uh, thorny stem. So with that, mm. mom and I pretty much look like sisters, but we both have a little wild attitude. So with that, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So she always wore a, that was weird. <laughs> we both, yeah. <laughs> um, she wore a thumb ring all the time, but due to me being outside and always working with my hands, I didn't want to dig love myself. So I went with the rose. So mom had rose tattoos. I put the rose on my right hand and on my thumb. So when I put my hand over my heart, she's with me. Right. Okay. So yeah. that's what I did. And till this day, we still don't know where she's at. No clue as to where her body could be. Um, the man responsible for it, um, it pretty much is her husband um, in my book, but he was arrest- arrested in the time frame once for – Fraudulent accounts using my mom's bank card and it going into the hundreds of dollars and the negative and everything. And this was well after she went missing. Mm-hmm. And he was doing this all from work. And he's a, he says he was active duty, but I'm guessing it wasn't like deployable soldier for um, the Air Force, I think it was. He was working at one of the bases in mm-hmm. um, West Virginia. All of this took place in West Virginia. Um so that's where they penned it and everything was paying bills or using right. it for fun stuff as well. So he got arrested for that but made bond like a week later. And then finally some things came through to where we actually had a witness um, to tell about the domestics and everything with mm-hmm. that and how everything was happening and what my mom was telling them because she used him as a confidant. 
And I think it was just a family friend or something like that. Uh, but he ended up passing away because once he got arrested for being the prime suspect of her murder, mm-hmm. he was in jail for a year and a half before he finally got his trial because of COVID and everything. Uh, yeah. And in this time frame um, of him being in jail, I got hired with the Department of Corrections with the facility out in Goochland. Mm-hmm. So I was moving forward with that. And then when I was in the academy, so it's a little bit different from law enforcement, patrol, and what jailers go through. So for corrections, it's you get hired, um, you do a little bit of shadow, Mm -hmm. and then because you can only do but so much and you can't be exposed to the inmates until a certain point once you have certain like training and everything. So once we got the schedule for the pre-academy, it's pretty much a month-long academy that you go to. Um, you get the rundown of the policies and procedures, um, a little bit of physical activity. You learn how to march and all that. So this mm-hmm. is just a slow, slow introduction. And then I was in that part of it. So I was probably in for about a month and a half when I got the notification that he was going to have his court hmm. to have his trial. And come to find out the man I was just telling you all about, he passed away. So it went from one of the manslaughter. I couldn't remember. Uh, it's been a while, but it was one of the manslaughters. And since we lost the witness, it switched to another one. So it went from being a max of 18 years or so. For it, it switched to the max of three years. And mm. since he's already served a year and a half, he's got that credited to him. Right. So only he had to serve a year and a half. And then shortly after that, um, I graduated the main academy, which was uh, six weeks, and got the notification that he got out on good behavior. Mm. So I'm like... That's terrible. So less than two years for yeah. murder of my mom, but... He hasn't said anything, no nothing. Um, he still lives in the county, uh, mm. sold everything that my mom had, which my mom barely had anything but what she had. She was still, like, growing up and everything. All of that's gone. So I have nothing of my mom, really, right. besides a handful of, like, photos and stuff. So yeah. with that, um, it's been hard because of everything since then and to my Female to the females listening to this, they'll understand of having the moments where you want your mom. Sure, yeah. So, but that has been a definitely a big trial for me. Well, that's a, yeah. That whole thing is hard to take in, but it's even harder to imagine that he only got, you know, mm-hmm. just that one witness was the one turning mm-hmm. point for him. I guess. Pretty much, it was. It was that we had a we had two candlelight visuals for my mom. We've done. Um, I didn't get the chance to participate because of school and not having the money to go out there and everything. Mm-hmm. But going from Franklin County, Virginia, to the Summersville area, West Virginia, um, they did searches and everything. But knowing West Virginia going down a dark tunnel, he she could be at the bottom of a coal mine shaft. Or the river took her away, one of the two. But no, yeah. we haven't found her. He hasn't said anything, so it's mm. still left unsolved. Right. Well, I mean, you have you know your memories of your mom, but it's hard. But I mean, I know you would like to talk to her, so it makes it mm-hmm. tough, particularly at the, the times you want to talk to her the most. How about do you and your stepmother get along pretty good, or somebody? No. Oh, I didn't know maybe she's not somebody. anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at one point, we we're um really close, but then again, you're growing up in a 
divorced family and everything. Yeah. So you learn as you grow up, like sure. who's truly the bad person in it. So I don't have a relationship with my stepmother anymore. And that's right. been for a while. Yeah. And I don't speak to my father anymore. Hmm. So that's been going on for the last like two years where I haven't spoke to my father. But other than that, um, I still have my grandmother. I right. lost my great grandmother um, a little over a year ago. She was in her 80s. So the, the dementia and then mm-hmm. pneumonia got her uh, on that. But I uh, still have my grandma. I go and see her pretty frequently. So she's pretty much her, um, her only grandbaby, really. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, I mean, yeah, it's nice to have her, though. Oh, yeah. So um, outside of that, that's the only family out I have out here. On my mom's side, everybody else is out in uh, West Virginia, mom and dad's side. Um, and then one of my dad's brothers actually is North Carolina. So, okay. mm-hmm. well, I mean, it's a, it's a lot to take in. Yeah. It, it, y'all need a minute. It, I understand. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I mean, I knew some of it, but, you know, not the whole story, but I mean, I think through it, I mean, you're still, you're still going. So, what I mean mm-hmm. by that is you're, 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 you know, you're successful now. You got a new job we'll talk about. And then you, you told us you had in a relationship and that mm-hmm. through that relationship you've discovered certain things about yourself. But, I mean, this may sound corny, but I mean, I'm a, I've always been praying for you. I'm going to pray for you. Yeah, and you've told me that since um, yeah. we've known each other. So, And I do appreciate that um, since we met in the academy, you're out of the instructors that I had in the academy. Um the main ones have pretty much stayed in contact with me. So I still talk to you. I still talk to Hart. I still talk to DC. Yeah. Um, a couple of the people through the academy class I still follow, and mm-hmm. I've seen a few here and there. So we still chit-chat here and there. Yeah. So a lot of people are still doing good. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, I know people were like, what is he talking about? But. You know, we had you over, like, I mean, I'm not advertising this, but mm-hmm. we had you over here for Thanksgiving a couple of years ago, and mm-hmm. that offer still stands. You can contact us anytime, and you're, you're, you know, part of our family. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I can give you a call anytime. Yeah, that's real. <laughs> yeah. Real talk. Yeah, you, when no, you came over that day, um, you had to go to work that night. You were still in corrections. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I thought you had gotten off work, and you just came and, and- see, and then you're like, all right. Got to go do my shift. I was like, damn. Yeah, <laughs> no. I wasn't just, co- I wasn't getting off work. I was just going to work. So, yeah, but um, what was cool about it was like, uh, what, JC here or something? Who was here? Know. Somebody got, when they saw you in uniform, they took off running and thought they were like one of, <laughs> one of Eric's friends. He's always like, you know, cocky. That wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> low, like a low level criminal, man. He's like, what the? Yeah, he, I don't think you saw him. He took off through the woods. Probably. No, I ain't going to do nothing to you. You're fine. <laughs> She's not on the clock yet. She's okay. No, just don't let the uniform scare you. But yeah, he looked shocked. He was like, "What the hell is going on here, man?" Oh. I don't think I don't think he even came back, did he? I don't know. Family I lives. Seen him. The fa- his sister lives back by in the through the woods. Here, there's another neighborhood back. Yeah. There. I don't think he, I don't think he ever came back. Probably not. Sorry. He's probably <laughs> strange dude, man. Yeah. No. Um. So when I came over for Thanksgiving, it was pretty much my uh breakfast at that time um when i got through the academy with corrections both academies um and i went through my field training and i got certified 
Um, I was a correctional officer. That's how you start off. Um, at my year mark, um, I became a sergeant. But shortly after um, becoming certified and for how well I did in the class and everything, mm-hmm. because pre-academy, they have it to where you get to practice um, squad, your squad leaders, platoon mm-hmm. leader, and all that. So I was platoon leader for the pre-academy. And then for the main academy, they had it to where you're supposed to rotate like somebody as a vote or at least the captains will pick who's going to be the uh, platoon leader for the week. Hmm. It rotated, um, supposed to rotate every week. So one of the um, ladies that got hired with me, she actually had to leave to go to take care of the riots that happened out in um, D.C. Hmm. um, because she was National Guard. So the following week we had somebody else and then they went out because they injured themselves during PT, like cracked (laughs) his collar and everything. (laughs) (laughs) You know, him and um, one of my other coworkers, they were racing. So they oh, both Lord. looked at each other when we were doing sprints and they're like, go. Yeah. Next thing you know, both of them out of nowhere hit the throttle and he didn't stop. He decided to run right into the wall. <laughs> Come to find out he wanted, he didn't, he said this the entire week. He did not want to be a platoon leader. He didn't want any of this. So, uh, well, he injured himself, and it was out for about six months. <laughs> Just to get what he wanted. It, yeah. Um, and then come to find out, uh, captains pulled me aside like two, three days later, and was like, hey, just giving you a heads up, you're going to be platoon leader when you come back. It's like, mm-hmm. okay. And like, you're going to be platoon leader for the rest of the academy. And I was like, what? <laughs> uh, come again? And they gave me the reasons why, and they're like, we see how you – Hold yourself uh, accountable. You hold others accountable. You, the way you just carry yourself, like you, we know that you mean business and you want to go forward so we can see a future with this. So mm. you're going to be the um, platoon leader. So it was I a lot of fun. That. It was a lot of fun being the uh, platoon leader. And in those times of being platoon leader, I got to grow not only personally but also professionally. Yeah. So that helped out a lot. And then um, I think the only time I really cracked having that leadership role really was uh, when the rack belt came out during um, defensive tactics part of the train of the academy. The rack belt, it looks like a waist trainer. Mm-hmm. It's what high-end um, inmates wear when they go to court and everything, but you don't see it. It's underneath their jumpsuits. Uh-huh. So it's a taser. Okay. Yeah, I was. I was wondering. If I'm you surprised you don't know about this one. <laughs> no, no. We, we. I mean, law enforcement, like you know, college, we never, I wish we. I wish we did have some of those, but we didn't, unfortunately. Just but. in the jails. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's mostly just for court. It's mostly for court, so your jails and your prisons will have those. Oh, so wow. the facility that I worked at, we didn't have that high end level security. I think we were, we were on the cusp of a level one, level two, mm-hmm. but um, with COVID and everything, it dropped us down to a, like a level one. I think. Um, for security, but no. So, um, you know, in the police academy, of course, you get the direct hit of pepper spray. Yeah. So with the correction side of it, the prison system side of it, you don't do the direct hit of pepper spray. You mm-hmm. get the secondary exposure. Okay. So I was like, well, if I get hit with pepper spray, I know how I'm. that's going to happen. But yeah. Um, <laughs> trust me, give me chemical agents any day yeah, over agree. electronics. Yeah. No. <laughs> I said the same thing. I spray me with OC, man. So no taser. The taser is hell, bro. I mean, uh, I, you know, we yeah. had the taser, but 
Not yeah. the belt, but yeah, I, I, I said the same thing. Well, fun fact, mm. the rack belt isn't a squeeze of the trigger and it's done. Once you let off the trigger, it stops the electric flow. No, the rack belt is an eight-second ride. Yeah, it's a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Let's just say it was a long eight-second ride. It's just like bull riding. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is a long time. Yeah, because so, yeah, the taser's five seconds, but I, I, it seemed like a long five seconds. Oh, yeah. Mm. So, so you actually wear the belt, right? <laughs> so I got strapped on with the belt. I didn't want to do it, but I ended up doing it because one of my coworkers, um, she was betting the two other captains that came in to watch just for shits and giggles. So you didn't have to do it. I didn't have to do it. I volunteered for it. Oh, okay. You know, I thought I was going to be a little badass. <laughs> it can't be more than holding onto a hot wire as right. a kid with the horses. He, yeah, no, I was no. wrong. I was wrong. <laughs> so very wrong. So that you said uh, that almost broke you. Um, I broke my leadership. Uh, I broke the leader role, being oh, like oh. you know, like Miss yeah, Goody oh, Two Shoes. It, let's just say um, that was the first time the class heard me cuss. Yeah. Oh yeah. And um, they saw me cry afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Because you have those moments where it's just like, okay, you wanted to do this. Yeah, I got this. Yep. And then it changes in an instant. And you're like, nope, I'm going to roll. That's what I had. And I was like, well, I'm going to get nervous. This is fine. I'm going to be fine. It's only 75,000 volts. I'll be fine. <laughs> um, yeah, they're hooking me up and everything. And it's two of my coworkers. Out of the class of 24, 25 of us, um, my group for my facility, VCCW, we were the meat and potatoes of it um, for the, pretty much. VCCW, VCCW and um, I think Greenville was the meat and potatoes of the class. Mm-hmm. So two of my coworkers got on either side of me and hooked me up. And then once I heard the little mini lock itself, little um, safe lock, class bin, the final secure. Yeah. I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. Um, the captain was talking to me, and I was actually just chatting with her um, earlier today. And I was like, uh-oh, no. She she looked at me. She's like, hey, right. I was like, yes. She's like, you feeling wrong about this yet? I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so when they were hooking me up, she's like, do you just want me to hit it or you want to count down? I was like, no, I'll just hit it. And then she saw my face change. She's like, you ready? She hits it. I drop to my knee. Right knee goes down, and I scream, Oh, my goodness. And when I get hit or anything like that, I, like, suck it in, and I don't breathe for a second because I'm just like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. um, As soon as I did that, I screamed. Uh, Foul language. Let's just say that. And I started kicking like a mule. Like, I wanted it off. I went to, like, go rip it off of me. Yeah. (laughs) My coworker on my right, I thought I broke her hand because I twisted and like I held on tight, and the other one I actually um, like elbowed away from me. So I actually joked with them right before the button got hit, like the two captains that just wanted to watch. I know, just just for shits and giggles. I yeah. was like, "Are you sure you guys don't want to hold my hands? It'll be fine." Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. And then as soon as it was done, my captain said, "I was going to come up to you and tell you to breathe, but as soon as I saw you go down, yep, nope, she wasn't breathing." Because <laughs> yeah. the one before me, um, she was able to breathe through it, and it felt like a tens unit to her. And I'm like, "What fucking tens unit are you using?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> wow, she's got so maxed out. When it was done, I put my hands up and I was like, "Get this thing." me alligator tears and everything and oh yeah they're like you good i was like yeah i'm fine i didn't i didn't know those were a thing 
Yeah, I've they were a thing. Those. And let's just say I, I still have a scar on my back because I had my te- – the rack belt was over my T-shirt. Mm-hmm. So I had two burn marks on the right-hand side of my back. Mm-hmm. And one of them actually got infected like a couple of days later because wow. the T-shirt got into it. But oh, I can't matata. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> so I have that. And then, of course, um, the rack belt – you had the two, what you see out of the movies where they go in for like cell extractions or the riots in the mm-hmm. prisons. So there's two, two shields, a conclave and a enclave, conclave and enclave. The one that's beveled out that you'll see in um, riots and what we used in defensive tactics in the academy. Right. Um, those are used for riots. So those are not the electric ones. Right, right. The ones that are concaved, those are used for cell extraction. So that is electric, but it's a little push of a button. So it's a little zap each time you hit yeah. the button. Hmm. So we all got a little zap from that. That's enough to just launch you off of it. So we just put our shoulder up to it and it's just like, whoop. Yeah. Like a really not, strong static. Not eight seconds. Mm-mm. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so when you were there, this is the uh, place in Goochland. You stay there and stuff? So for the state, it's actually because with the police academy that – you and I met at, it's a regional. Yeah. So for corrections, there's two main academies, one in Goochland, mm-hmm. which was right up the road from the facility I was at, and the other one's out in um, Marion County, which is BFE, like the boot of Virginia. Yeah, yeah. So I went to that one and... Um, you went to the one in Marion? No, 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 the one in Goochland, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, I was going to ask you that because I want... So, you know, the reason I'm, I'm even asking was so night. You know, I was a cop 19 years. And I worked for the sheriff the last two years in Petersburg, Sheriff Crawford. But she sent me to that the facility in Gooseland and like mm-hmm. whatever the uh, the rapid response teams are for the state. SRT. Yeah, yeah. that's called SRT. Mm-hmm. I went to that two week school or whatever, however long it was, one week school, mm-hmm. and we got to do the shield, but we didn't. Yeah. They didn't have the belt. I wonder. I wonder why they didn't do the belt. But yeah, anyway, because but, yeah. it's not um, part of what they yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, I got you, got you. Yeah, that shield. I mean, it's bad enough, but. So when I worked in Petersburg, we didn't have the tasers. They were kind of coming out when I was leaving, when I left the PD. But when I mm-hmm. worked, I st- so I also worked part-time in Hopewell. Mm-hmm. The ra- radar on the, uh, they call it the Million Dollar Mile. Oh, yeah, I remember that one, yeah. Yeah, but uh, they had tasers. So I had, mm-hmm. we had to get tased. And uh, I mean, I wanted to get tased. I was like, I got to know what it feels like. But yeah, it was five seconds and it was, I, I did the same. <laughs> I was like, oh, they laughed, man. They laughed so hard about that shit. I was just like, I really I was like, put it on you, or they have to. They shot shoot it in me. With it. Yeah. Shot me, and the guy yeah. who shot me, I used to. We used to work together in Petersburg. He was a uh, <laughs> the time lieutenant. He's a captain now, and uh, Trevor Terry. <laughs> and he loved it. He's like taser, taser, taser. <laughs> he's like, this is gonna be great. He loved oh, it, yeah. bro. And he hit me perfect, bro. Two hemispheres, lower and high. Mm. It's hell, bro. Yeah, because you think mm-hmm. it's gonna even out. Like yeah. you think you can handle pain. Like this is gonna like get to a point and stop. No, it just increases. It never decreases. Yeah, it, yeah. It just gets worse as it sadly goes on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. That's how I felt. Like it just got worse and worse. There was no even. I mean, I can deal with pain pretty good, but this was just nonstop, non-stop. and it and totally increased. Mm. Mm. That's how I felt about it. And I was like, man, OC me next time, bro. The, the taser's hell, bro. Yeah, yeah. I've never been. Yeah, I'll say. Yeah. Never been tased. Yeah, some people don't, don't, don't bother. Do do they, they say the less muscular people doesn't hurt, but the, if you got some muscle, you're pretty muscular. And it's like you feel the pain more. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. That's how I felt about it. Yeah. I've just been electrocuted at work a couple of times, but that's enough for me. It, yeah, no. One second of that. like, nope. Don't yeah, want to do it, that it's, again. it's real. It's real. So if you had to choose, go chemical agents. Okay. Okay. Because <laughs> uh, everything clears up pretty soon. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, so with the prisons along with 
depending on your facility. So we got a little bit of everything. So you got your electricals, you got your chemical agents. So <laughs> with that, um, when it comes down to the facility I worked with, um, one unit, which is just one level of the building or whatever, because the facility I worked at was a college at one point. Hmm. So it's been remade into a facility. So um, my biggest units, I could have up to 82 women on the floor Man. and it would just mm. be me. So one one officer. Officer, yeah, I was going to say deputy or whatever. But well, mm-hmm. One officer of 82 people. Mm, that was the max on one of my units. Man, and then I think the max was like 84 on another one, so just two additional bodies. But all you have on you is your two Narcan, your OC, your radio, and your whistle. Two Narcan? Mm-hmm. Can I say OD? Mm-hmm. How... That's the part I never got, man. How the hell are they getting drugs in these damn units? <laughs> so if there's a will, there's a way. Just like um, yeah. anybody out on the street going with uh, yeah. any type of activity man. out there. But so for the internal part of it, they have what's called KOP, keep on person. That's medications that are safe to have on them. Hmm. So um, it could be... It was a range of them, so I didn't really pay attention to that part as long as I know it was in their foil packs that they had that were marked and labeled and everything. They were able to take those with them, but when it came to, like, the stronger ones, which were, like, the narcotics, their... um, Opioids and stuff. Yeah, that stuff that required to be crushed to take or they had to actually be seen taken, um, especially when it came down to mental health or any type of health issues that they had. They had to go to pill line in order to take, so... Um, people would cheek them. The ones who had dentures would try to move it underneath their denture. <laughs> it, it, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah. yeah. I love it, bro. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, so it's human ingenuity, man. <laughs> now, when it comes to comes to the women, I will say if there's a will, there's a way. But they are very freaking creative. Yeah. Um, men, on the other hand, let's just say to sum it up. They only got a couple of options when it comes down to that, but they also have a code on the inside, a men's code when it comes down to certain things. Everybody, like, has their click or whatever that it could be. With the women, there's nothing. Everything's free game. Yeah. So there is no, like, uh, unity. Mm -mm. Yeah, there is no, like, you know, bloods or crips and all like that. Mm -mm. Wow. Dang, so there's no loyalty at all then? No loyalty at all. I had um, that's scarier. It, yeah, it is. Um, but no, with the drugs, a um, couple of the instances to where either I was reporting and requesting for medical assistance and backup, or I was responding to it. A lot of it was drug related. Um, I just got on to shift, so I mentioned earlier. Um, I know I'm kind of all over the place with details, but oh, shortly okay. after I became certified, I got to choose. Uh, that's where we were going with it. Smoke train, come back around. Um, <laughs> I got to choose what shift I wanted, which was either day shift or night shift. So when I was doing my field training, um, I did day shift, but of course I had to do a week of nights. Right. I love nights, less cooks in the kitchen. Um, you actually had to think for yourself because it was limited of resources and everything. Mm. But also it was less movement going on. So sure, I got yeah. to see a lot more of the housing unit activity versus like compound movement sure um so with that i got on tonight's and i was strictly night shift hmm. i went in like once or twice to help out day shift on one of those days when yeah. i actually like 
somehow they called me and they're like, we really need your help just for breaks or something. I was like, yeah, sure. I'll come in. Why not? I mean, I had nothing else to do, (laughs) (laughs) but no, um, yeah, there's no loyalty when it comes to the women. Um, what was it? The incident I was telling y'all about shift just, uh, started. So my shift starts technically, I need to be in muster by 5 45 PM count for me is 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. So that's when we need to be on all our posts, do a head count and everything. So after we do the count, I had to draft a day shift sergeant because he was on the draft list um, with his unit, with his crew. And I had him helping me breaks on the two buildings that I was over. So I was over two of the larger buildings that mm. also had a couple of our communities in it, like cognitive, therapeutic, mm-hmm. also our intake unit and reentry unit. So those are more of the troublesome ones, and mm-hmm. those are also that had the mo- usually maxed out with their inmates for the units. Um, I was getting ready to walk in because he was doing the upper um, buildings and I was doing the lower end. I was getting ready to walk in to do the lower end break for building four. And then I get a call over the radio and I hear, I need medical assistance on 28. 28 needs medical assistance. And I had the door open, keys in hand, and I slam it shut, run back to the car. I pick up a sergeant on the way that was running. We get to that building, Mm -hmm. had to shut down the unit. Um, Inmate ended up seizing or overdosing one of the two mm-hmm. um we couldn't tell because she was we knew she was also one of our seizure inmates so we couldn't tell exactly so we thought she was seizing no she ended up ODing, um started to go into seizure like activity mm-hmm. she fell off her top bunk mm-hmm. and we pretty much had to carry her out of the unit so with me responding medical was shortly right behind me so me and the day shift uh Sergeant, he was at the cell where the inmate was, and I was locking down everybody, clearing them out. Got her into the car. The nurse puts her in the back seat. She gets up in the front seat, lays her seat down so we can figure out what's going on with her. Mm -hmm. And I love the nursing unit, the crew that came in. As soon as I knew who was working, I was like, all right, we got the dream team. This is the (laughs) A-team. If anything goes wrong, we're good. We're golden. So... Um, we're trying to figure it out in this inmate. She ended up um, urinating on herself at some point. Mm-hmm. So that was just <gasps> gross. <laughs> um, but no, she was semi-conscious and everything. She was more concerned of getting in trouble for what she was doing. And at that point, I was pretty much re- very well established as a sergeant. I was very well known as the officer as I was. So when they saw me, they knew Things were going to get done, but also not to pull any bullshit with me too. Mm -hmm. So I had that good rapport with the inmates. So when I was going down to the lower unit where the medical unit was, I can't remember the inmate's name, but I was like, hey, we don't care. Right Right right. now your life is in danger because we don't know what you've taken. Right, right. So what did you take? Tell the nurse what you took. Mm. And she's like, no, no, no. I'm like, it's Sergeant Wright. You can tell me. Right, right. If not, you're going to end up in the hospital, and this is not going to be a fun ride. Hmm. So we finally get her into the medical unit, had to pick her up, and that's when I realized she, like, urinated on herself. I smelt it earlier, but I t- couldn't tell, like, what side of it was on her. So when I get to – she was, like, a heavier set woman. So I get her out. We get the wheelchair, and she, like, kind of sits on my leg because I had to brace her coming out. 
Tire left leg. So, uh, this is gross. <laughs> Finally get her in and everything, and she took a cocktail of pills, a mixture mm. of her roommates, a few that she um, bought from a couple of people that cheeked or kept some, slipped some. Yeah, yeah. Took a cocktail of them, and it counteracted with her seizure medicine. Mm. So with That's that, good. Um, she had a bad reaction to it. So that was one of the big ones on that. So. Thankfully, we didn't have to send her out to the hospital hmm. because we were able to monitor her and get her taken care of. Yeah. And the nursing staff is like, no, she's fine. It's just counteracted with her medication that she, yeah, she already takes. Hmm. Yeah, it's definitely uh, those numbers are dangerous. And then also just the um, anything you can encounter. Like you said, all you have is your a few items to work with on your tool belt. So, mm-hmm. And luckily, um, I never had to pull OC. I never had, oh, I also had cuffs on me too. So, yeah, yeah, but I right, yeah. um, never had to use the OC. I never had to use the Narcan. Hmm. Um, the times that OC and Narcan was used was like after I left the unit or I was getting ready to come on to shift and I heard about what happened in one of the two buildings that yeah. I was over. And so, I was like, so you were handling business. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, what was it? Another time I was telling y'all about this earlier before we sat down was the. 19 hour shift I was on and I almost had that fight break out when I was hitting like hour 15, 16. Yeah. That's That's dangerous, man. Mm -hmm. Well, as you know, when it comes down to being on the force, being on the street for a while, Mm -hmm. you hear all the stories of where somebody comes home from the military, somebody just retired from the road, Mm -hmm. something happens to them. Hmm. Always safe, had close calls and everything on the road and all overseas, went to war, come home, something happens. So when I put in my two weeks with the Department of Corrections, um, after being with them for two and a half, uh, almost two and a half years, um, that's when things got hairy. Um, You mean within the the facility? Within the facility, yeah. So you were still working or you were getting out of there? Oh, um, I was still working. I had put in my two weeks, so I had my schedule shifts left and everything. So in the last two weeks, that's when everything went haywire. You know how they say, oh, it must be a full moon out tonight? It was that for two weeks straight, it felt like. There was constant fights um, on day shift. It was somebody trying to do something on night shift. It was constant medical... um, appointments gone wrong or ER runs and we were short staffed. So with that, um, I came in the only time where I felt like I was in danger. My life was in danger. Um, out of the other like fights I've broken up out of the drug instances I came across and everything. Uh, the only time I felt like my life was on the line, it didn't hit me until after the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I was handling the re-entry unit. So that's where inmates go about six months left out of their sentence because they're getting their home plan together. They got a little bit more freedom, a little Mm -hmm. bit more um, leeway when it comes down to certain activities and stuff like that. So with that, um, this older lady, she could have been my grandma. Hmm. Okay. Whole incident, to keep it long story short, all about giving somebody her little J-Pay, her little radio to somebody. Wow. Which now that's contraband. So, yeah. <laughs> and then this inmate that she bar- she let borrow took it off the unit with her and let somebody else borrow it and oh, then boy. lost it apparently. So she was like raving mad. And then she said that she 
purposely has not been taking her medication, but it's like you've been going to pill line. So mm-hmm. why are you not taking your medication if you've been taking it? Right, yeah. right. Um, she was threatened to get her in the showers, um, threatened to just do some type of bodily harm. Mm-hmm. And at one point when I was like, you know what, if you're going to be upset about this, I don't want to hear another word about you because you already got yourself in trouble. You lost your JPEG. You ain't getting that back. It's already <laughs> contraband. You yeah. just com- you just admitted to contraband, and now you're um, admitting to purposely hurt somebody on the mm-hmm. unit. So you're just hurting yourself at this point. Right, right. So I was like, you lost it. I don't want to hear nothing else about it. If it's an issue, that's fine. She was getting ready to go to bed and everything, so I just closed her door because all of this was taking place at her cell door after I just handed out mail. And she comes out when I said, all right, I don't want to hear another word about it, walked away. I turned around and she's standing in a stance to where both hands were, well, the door was kind of blocking her right side. Hmm. She was standing to where she was kind of facing forward, eyes like looking up and her hand was out by her side. And I was like, that's a fighting stance. That's right. All right. It's like, okay, what you going to do? I looked right at her and I was like, what you going to do? Go to bed. I don't want to hear nothing else out of it. It was just like, you ain't going to do nothing. Later that shift, that was about 7.30, 8 o'clock at night. We mm-hmm. just getting started. About 4 a.m. <laughs> oh, trust me, she gave the uh, officer on the unit hell for the rest of the night too. And that officer has been doing this for like 18 some years at this point. So in one year mm-hmm. out the other. Mm-hmm. Try to help her, but there, she wasn't seeing it. She turns over about 4 a.m. She's like... Officer Bowles, this is what the officers tell me. You're going to want this. Hands her over um, through the control room door a shank she had taped underneath her bunk. It was a kitchen knife. It wasn't like a, the official kitchen knife. It was the plastic mm-hmm. orange one. It was already wrapped in everything. Mm-hmm. You can uh, start to see where the grid marks, the tooth marks on it were starting to like fade. Mm-hmm. So she hasn't really done much to it, but she turned over a modified object Hmm. to where it could be used as a weapon. And when I found that out, because I ended up um, taking post at that point, and then I was running like three posts at that point due to being short-staffed that night. I was medical, I was front gate, and I was also roaming patrol. Mm -hmm. So I was doing all kinds of running. Um, (laughs) I didn't find that out until that evening when we came back in. Uh, because I was going to write her up a charge to um, get her in trouble for that and everything, threaten me with bodily language. Sure. But come to find out it wasn't going to stick or anything once I wrote it, and I was like, you know what, whatever, it's fine. Because I was like, okay, we're getting serious about this. And I found that out, and I was like, no way. Is this yes. close? Yeah, that's scary. Oh, I was amped up. You would have thought I got hit with the Iraq belt again. <laughs> Because I was, uh, but I wasn't about to cry on this one. I was amped up, like, oh my goodness, my life was on the line right there. I didn't know she had that in her hand or not. Sure. Yeah. So I was like, I have two, I have three, two or three more shifts left, and I'm like, wow. Yeah. Well, like, luckily you made it out of there alive mm-hmm. or uninjured. I mean, you know, it definitely takes a toll, and and we never know. You know, when we think bad things happen to us, and, and we wonder why those things happen. We never know what the other side of it is. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we wonder if you know if God's looking out for us or whatever your you know higher power is. It's like, hey, we don't know what's at work behind the scenes. 
You mm-hmm. follow me? Yeah. You know, it, it's like um, so many things that happened in my life, and it seemed like the worst things at the time, and then all of a sudden uh, it ends up being a blessing later in life. Mm-hmm. It makes you the person you are, and you know, it makes you humble and makes you rethink, reconsider your life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you got out of there, and then you, uh, you're currently mm-hmm. working – I don't know if you can say where you're working or not. Oh, yeah. Um, well, before I get into that, the reason um, I said I was, I left the Department of Corrections is because at one point I was actually on the phone with D.C. one night because I gave him a call and I was like, hey, mate, sergeant. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, Mark, yeah. everything. Um, and he was up that night. He was, I think he was still on patrol that night. So I gave him a quick call when I was on my break. I said, I found my niche. I'm going to retire from here. I'm going to move up. I want to be a firearms instructor. I want to be a captain at the academy. I want to teach. Bingo. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was, like, ready to rock and roll. Um, that, and I was going to move over to be in the admin part of it because in the pre-academy, one of the um, recruits said that I was going to be the next warden. And then I heard that consistently. Somebody random would say, "Oh, you're you're the next warden." Dang. I was like, "Why not?" And I wrote that down <laughs> in my notebook. And I was like, "Warden one day?" Question mark. That's right. Hey. So I was going to work my way up through that, and then um, I realized that what I wanted out of life was a family, mm-hmm. and to be able to be present in my family's life. There so. You go. <laughs> Nobody wants to date a prison guard, let alone a night shift prison guard. So I had to make myself <laughs> available um, to the dating pool, you know. Hmm. So um, with that, I ended up putting in my two weeks shortly after meeting my current boyfriend. Um, oh, wow. We're coming up on a year and a half now. And nice. he's one of my blessings. I, I, have, I have to say everything I've been through has been a blessing, has led me up to this, has definitely reformed me, roughed uh smoothed out a few rough edges for me. Mm -hmm. But props to him because for the last four or five months I was in DOC, he was, we were dating at that point, Mm. and he was like worried every night. It was so hard for him just trying to talk to me. I bet, yeah. I mean, it's it's, we so often don't think about the spouses when you got other side Mm -mm. of of, this profession, law enforcement, military, firefighters, everything. Yeah, and, and I can't imagine, man. I mean... You know, if my wife, because she's a nurse, but if she was in corrections or something, I mean, I'd be going crazy, man. Yeah. Yeah, he was worried. And um, with me being open and everything about it, I didn't really see the yeah. issue of sharing yeah, what happened on the shift with yeah, my yeah. spouse or with somebody that is close to me. And I realized, like, how much of a worry that was on him. Sure, yeah. And plus, he's a little bit more on the sensitive side. So uh, with that, I was like, I can't exactly share everything. <laughs> and now I understand why a lot of, because I, I have all friends and yeah, all yeah. Ki- types of uh, jobs, and they're like, yeah, this is why I don't tell them anything. And it made sense then. Yeah. But he is so glad I'm out of there. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah it's a double-edged sword. So, I mean, you try to, you know, you, like we talked about before we came in here, um, you found somebody and you said you, you were able to, to find yourself. Mm-hmm. With the help of another person. I mean, I'm kind of paraphrasing, but you, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know if you want to say what you said. But if you oh, remember. yeah. Um, so I didn't realize how much more healing I needed to do um, right. from everything that came to came to a head as being a me personally. Sure. Um, trying to find myself as I am today to how I am professionally and how I conduct and handle myself professionally. And then 
I've never had like successful relationships or anything like that. Mm. So with that, it was just like, okay, I was pretty much the, uh, what the house girl that shortly after being left, it was, they were already engaged or married. So Mm. I was like, whatever, but I knew what I wanted out of life. And, um, my boyfriend actually met, um, in one of my previous jobs Mm. and we just stayed friends and everything. And Mm then, um, one day I was in corrections, um, still, I had my brother with me. We were walking through, so I like to go through and say hi to everybody that still worked there. Came in, gave him a hug, and um, I was like, look at you with a haircut. You look great, and you got a tattoo. What? You, of all people, got a tattoo. I didn't believe it. He gave me a hug, and when I went to go step away, he actually pulled me in closer, and I was like, I'm in trouble. <laughs> you knew then, right? Yep. I'm in trouble. That was it. But my, yeah. man, my man has a move. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was just like, yep, I'm in trouble. But no. Um, <laughs> and he was like, I'm lucky man. <laughs> a year and a half later, I'm surprised he hasn't left me. But no, um, he, he, he's held in there and um, he's been in some really bad relationships and was actually just coming out of a really bad hmm. relationship. So... We both um, pretty much have gone all in to work on not only the traumas that we have from relationships and family and childhood relationships to pretty much everything to work on it and becoming better people and working on ourselves. And at that time, I didn't realize how much baggage I had. I didn't realize um, how many trauma bonds I had and how to work everything out. Like we had a discussion a couple of weeks ago and it was just the failure communication. And I was just like, the only way I can sum it up is I don't know how to be healthy. Right. There's no way. And he's like, I don't know how it is either, but we got to figure it out. Just, yeah, be honest. Mm -hmm. Be honest and talk to each other. I mean, you know, don't. I mean, that's my advice. I've been married for 30-some years and been with Shelly for over 40. But, I mean, yeah. And don't be honest with, like, you know, how do I look in this outfit? I don't mean that kind of honest. <laughs> but, but, I mean, like, you know, and it takes time. You guys have been together, what, a year and a half? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, I think it's a time where you can, you know. We're just babies compared to you. Yeah, but what I mean is, you know, it ain't like you've been dating a couple of weeks. So, you, you guys are, you know, over this hump. And now it's about, you know, being honest with each other and just be honest, period, you know. Honesty goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't tell every every. You know, there's some secrets that I, you know, I think in my life, I'm sure nobody knows. You know, and, and it doesn't mean you have to tell everybody everything. But what it means yeah. is, you know, if you have a feeling or somebody hurts your feeling, instead of holding You're open a grudge, to discuss it. Yeah, yeah you just tell them, yeah. hey, you know, when you do that, it really bothers me. You know, or mm-hmm. I hurt my feelings or something like that's what I mean. That kind yeah. of stuff. I mean, and it never else? goes away because I mean, Frankie and I've been together for almost 11 years now. We've been married for almost a year, but mm-hmm. we've no, we met in college and. Every every new step is the same thing. We, you know, moving in together, um, getting engaged, planning the wedding. Um, her dad passed recently, and now we're looking for, you know, somewhere to live. It's just like mm-hmm. every new step, we, you think about it, and you're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But then if you don't really sit down and hash it out, yeah. write out every option and talk about it, then it's really just like, yeah. when you get to it, it's um, you're not on the same page with some things or... And oh, that causes yeah. fights, and so I've noticed it's that just talking and just being open about everything. Eleven is, years, really? Mm-hmm. I would not have guessed that. <laughs> yeah. It seems like a long time now thinking about it because hmm. I feel like I was just in school, but yeah, it is. Wild how time we met goes. so yeah, my freshman year, um, end of actually 
January of my freshman year of college, we met. And back then, I was like, I'll never mm-hmm. date in college. Like, you know, yeah. you want to meet people. And by April, we were dating. And then yeah. ever since then, we, we took a three-month break at one point, just towards the end of college. We were like, we just just mutually we're like, yeah, we're going to take a break. And we get back together three months later. Like, mm-hmm. right, we can't live without each other. So yeah, it's, keep it, it going. You take that time to really figure out yourself because yep. you're in college, you're young, got to figure it out. Yeah. And then... With COVID, it got wedding got pushed back a little bit, and she went back to nursing school, things like that. But mm-hmm. yeah, eleven years this all in due time. This April, yeah, and it's been great. That's good. She's my best friend, soulmate, everything else. So it makes a difference, yeah. Yeah, so it's to me, it's all about communication because mm-hmm. she she's helped me with getting stuff out, but she she's one that likes to kind of hold stuff in, especially if she's stressed out. She just puts a wall up and like, nope, I'm good. You just I feel like you're like that. You you're just, just very just like, I'm going to push forward and just You just describe my relationship right there. <laughs> so <laughs> we can relate together on this one. <laughs> yeah. And I've had to kind of break down that wall a few times just to. Mm-hmm. And it's quite difficult, um, especially with the career field I've been in and with the mm-hmm. career field she's in, it's kind of hard to like let it, the guards oh, down yeah. and everything. Because she'll come talking about the crazy surgery she did and. Mm. I'm not, I don't have the stomach for that stuff. So I'm like, I don't know if I want to hear about that right now. But. It, yeah. But you put on the brave face. Um, <laughs> my boyfriend was, is definitely the one to put on the brave face for it. But uh, yeah. yeah, he held in on the last four or five months um, with me in corrections. And what I'm currently now doing, what I left the state for is to go into sales. Mm-hmm. So I work for Rick Hendrick Chevrolet Buick GMC out in the shore pump area of Richmond. Mm-hmm. Um, so coming from, being on the law enforcement side, working outside, blue collar jobs and yeah. stuff I've done. This is a whole new ball field for me. <laughs> but I was a customer long before I became an employee. So I was like, you know what? I've done a little bit of everything. Why not? Let's just wing it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Reed, um, Reed actually <clears throat> was in sales so he could relate to what I was going to go through and everything. Yeah. He's like, yeah, you can definitely make a living. And as soon as you can sell something, you can sell anything. And here's a funny thing. Y'all going to laugh at this. Okay. It might, <laughs> it might turn you a little pink here. Okay. So, um, <laughs> just a forewarning, nobody skinned me. Okay. So I went in, um, years ago when I first moved in with my family back in Melothian, I went in and I was applying for jobs and everything. I had held two or three jobs at one point. Mm-hmm. And one of those I wanted to try to pick up was to work in the Chesterfield Town Center, and I applied for Victoria's Secret in pink. Mm-hmm. And it came up to working the sales floor, so they'd like, do your sales pitch on this bra or whatever. Yeah, I didn't get the job. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, if I can't sell a damn bra, what makes you think I'm going to sell a damn car? <laughs> but the, you got to put some years in between that well, and everything. Yeah. So I think about that and I chuckle from time to time. So it was just like, I couldn't do that, but I can do this. Well, you can let, let, let's sell go. a truck. <laughs> Yo, definitely. Well, I mean, I, I, I mean you, you're kind of, uh, I mean, it almost makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and the jobs, you know, think what you just said, I've had all these blue collar jobs, right? Mm-hmm. And and you're selling cars and, and, and trucks, and that's blue collar, man. Mm-hmm. And brawls is more of a, you know. On the more feminine side yeah, of yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah, so you're, you're, you know, you're pretty, you're a tough person, so I mean. And it's actually quite funny when I go to sit down with the good old boys or somebody sure. who just like oh, rolled yeah. off the um, job site or something mm-hmm. and be like, I'm this and this and then. Bingo. And I'm like, oh, hey. And then my, as 
a lot of people joke from Cumberland were Cumberland crickets. So my little cricket mm. accent came out. I was like, all right, which one? <laughs> yeah, the well, more, this is what you're going to get. So if, you know, if I was your boss, and I'm not a salesman, but, you know, dudes love chicks and trucks. And, and there's, I mean, people like us, I mean, uh, if a guy sees a lady in a truck, like, ain't nothing better than that. <laughs> Am I lying? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm saying is you could almost capitalize on all that. And then when that southern accent hits and you got the guys coming in to buy these trucks, or it's just like they're sold, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I'm sure you've had success. But, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying you couldn't sell a brawl. But, I mean, I think it almost <laughs> makes – it's like, you know, you, you dig what I'm coming from yeah. with this? Yeah. It, yeah. So just like um, when it comes down to law enforcement and everything, it's like it's mostly a male-dominated field. Yeah. But once you get a female into it, you, we're able to tap into other things that um, the men can't. That's right. So with that, I'm And the men become particularly, um, what's the word, protective of their female mm-hmm. workmates. I mean, that's, that's a real deal, too. I'm not saying yeah. nothing's happening, but oh, yeah. if you have a female in the squad and you're working with a group of guys, they're going to, they're gonna not saying you can't do your job, but they're going to mm-hmm. make sure you're safe. Oh, that's, yeah. just, that's just the male oh, know, yeah. part of us. And yeah. I work with a great team, and I have a couple of incidences where I was, like, uncomfortable mm-hmm. um, for certain things because I was also new to the job, so I didn't mm-hmm. know, like, how everything would go if, like, shit went sideways. So the guys have been very protective of me and I made sure I was, like, okay and stuff like that. Right and they're on. like, hey, are you good? I'm getting bad vibes from this customer. You want to go on this test drive? And I was like, yeah, I got this. I'm fine. Well, we're we know you can handle yourself, but still, I was like, well, come on if you want to ride. Yeah, um, smart, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I will say I've actually, the perks of being a female in the automotive industry is I've actually had um, one of my coworkers come and get me, and it's like, hey, my customer needs a female's opinion on this, a female's mm. voip- yeah, viewpoint. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, let's go. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I'm like, okay, got to tap into the little feminine side of it because yeah. I'm – more of a little edgier uh, female than anything. So mm. with that, it was great. We were talking about the two Corvettes that we had in the mm. showroom. So it was just like, well, what do you think of this? And <laughs> what about this interior? And I was like, well, what does your your lady like? So it went from there and uh, it actually helped out uh, my coworker on the sale and everything. The lady was very well pleased, but she was just excited to have a Corvette again anyway. Mm. But um, yeah. be too. Oh, yeah. And then a couple of the um, men that come in that are just very direct, very red, and no BS or anything Mm -hmm. like that. I've had it to where they think I don't know what I'm talking about, and then I hit them with some type of fact or how to do this, especially when they refuse to acknowledge that they're not very tech-savvy with a few things because of all the technology that's now on vehicles nowadays. So I hit them with that, and then um, once my manager comes in and, like, greets them or something like that Mm -hmm. or just does a little T.O. a takeover to say, hey, thanks for coming in. I hope Tamara got you taken care of. Um, uh, The customer will look at me and be like, okay, can you show me this? I'll be (laughs) like, yeah, you're fine. It's okay. No, no, yeah. no reason to be shy. Got to break them down a little bit. Just a little bit. I mean, I, I'll play hardball with you, but when you get sensitive, it's okay. It's going to be all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you throw that southern accent in you, you're going to win every time. So, uh, so oddly enough, I mean, and won't mention names, but Eric has a friend of his, a male friend. And he, he's he spent years selling brawls. He worked at Victoria's <laughs> Secret. I mean, uh, it helps. All I through mean. college, that's what he did. Hey, yeah, make so, it work. Yeah, so what? yeah, he, he when they tell me and and I don't think he tell you they're lifelong <laughs> friends. I mean, they're, they're they're friends since college. Again, they're yeah. lifelong friends. But I mean, I've known him for a long time too. But I was just like, you know, wow, okay, because I thought they were pulling my leg at first. He worked uh-huh. at Victoria's Secret, but I mean, I was just saying, man, 
He was selling the shit out of some bras, man. Yeah, yeah one of my... He, uh, he, he's... Well, never mind. I'll go ahead. I don't know. One of my... You might um, hear this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be sitting there and be like, damn it, Tamara. But no, one of my managers actually is like, yeah, I used to work at Starbucks because I was picking on him about a Starbucks drink or whatever. Right, right. And I was like, you got your Starbucks today? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, you know what? You need to do this because I was not feeling well or whatever. And this was like right before I came down with pneumonia not too long ago. He's like, yeah, I used to work at Starbucks. And I was like, you? Starbucks? Was he a barista? Really? Or was he a... Uh, no, a barista. And I was like, wait, you? Starbucks? Really? He's like, yeah. It was a great way to pick up chicks and it worked. Well, <laughs> I mean... Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, there's that. So it was just like, okay, cool deal. Yeah. What works, that works. That's cool, man. Yeah, that's what my buddy was too. I mean, it was like in college. He was working with other girls the whole time, mm-hmm. having female customers, so... And hey, one. it works out so he can figure out how women work for the most part, or at least have, uh, or at least be able to have them in the same corral, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now handle. Uh, yeah, no, sorry. No. <laughs> now he's about to get married, and yeah, good for him. Yeah, he's doing good. Yeah, yeah. That's really. He actually good. does what Dad does. The same kind of. Yeah. Um, He's not, he's not as good as me, though, so. <laughs> no. Ain't no way, bro. No. <laughs> no way. No, hey, um, not a chance, man. <laughs> yeah, my clients, I mean, they, you know, they love me, man, so. Well, that's good. Well, okay. hey, um, with. Well, again, I'm old guy, so I got some experience, you know, some wisdom, mm-hmm. you hope, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so with um, my switch from being a correctional sergeant to now being a saleswoman for the automotive industry, um, I've had a lot of growth with that. Um, I've worked with some awesome park family, as I call it, when I was working with Virginia State Parks. Um, I've worked with uh, another state park, too, at some point, too. But my main park family is Bear Creek Lake. Mm. So they were great to me in that season of my life. Sure. Um, I had okay relationships and work relationships throughout the other jobs I was there. Um, Cabela's was good to me to an extent. And then, um, I had a few hands of good relationships throughout the correction side of everything. Right. So with that, I came into this wanting a really good work environment. Mm-hmm. I was tired of being under stress all the time and everything. I know I needed to get out of that flight or flight, fight or flight mode sure, for yeah. a lot of it. So I was like, I see how the team works. Looks like an awesome team. They were going to take care of everybody, um, take care of each other, and also get business done. So I came in. Team's great. I love working with them. I feel like I have a yeah, bunch of brothers. Um, mm. We actually have a lady on the team now, so I feel like I, the family just got bigger. Yeah, yeah. Um, since I've been with Rick Hendrick, I've actually got to go down to Atlanta, Georgia for a little ride and drive. Wow. Uh-huh. Uh, I didn't have to pay for a cent of it unless I got some souvenirs. So it was just like, <laughs> so when, when can I go down to Georgia? Like, yeah. I never thought I was going to be able to go down again. I've been down once, and that was for um, a wedding, but I couldn't attend the wedding because this vacation got switched. But, no, got to go down to Georgia. I got to do a ride and drive with GMC and Buick. So I got to see the all-new Buick and Vista that came out. I got nice. to test drive um, the 2500s that because they just came out with the 6.6 gas engine. So with that, I got to do um, a pull. I got to pull a trailer with the 6.6 and with the um, 3.0 hmm. diesel. So that was a lot of fun. Got to see a lot of the features with that. Got to drive the Hummer EV wow. and Ooh. do the Watts, the Freedom. I don't know if y'all seen that. I'm getting into my little um, automotive chick here. Yeah. But uh, 
the Hummer EV came out to where they do a Watts to Freedom. So, of course, from the Academy, a lot of my uh, mm -hmm. driving uh, came into it. Defensive driving came in. So I, like, got my seat ready and everything. And a couple of the instructors like, you've done something like this before. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so I got a little excited to drive fast and not get in trouble. Oh, so wow. yeah. Watts to Freedom, we got to go to zero to 60 in, like, 2.5 seconds. Wow. So that it literally felt like weird. we were taking off. I don't know if y'all got to ride the volcano at King's Dominion. Yep. But it was like That's that. That's what it feels like. Mm -hmm. That's got to wild. do the crab walk and the Atlanta Motive, uh, Atlantic Motor Speedway um, just increased their – Turns to 33%. I mm -hmm. think it was from like 28% mid-20s to high-20s to 33%. So I got to climb up and it felt like I was literally going straight up. Mm -hmm. um, got to do the crab walk. Got to also check out the safety features for Buick. Um, got to test drive the 2.7 uh, turbocharged. Sierra 1500 along with the 5.3 because a lot of people don't like the four-cylinders anymore. They don't want a sissy truck. And I'm like, okay. Well, yeah, I got guess a 5.3 in my Yukon still. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 5.3 is great and everything. The main thing is it doesn't sound like a truck anymore is what I hear. And it's just like, <laughs> you're fine. Just get in and drive it. No, I don't want to touch it. It's just like if somebody threw glitter or a pink shirt at so, them, but, they're like, ah. So, but you did drive the turbo, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. I got to drive both and it was pretty much we got to launch it off the line, get it up to about 55 and then slam on the brakes. So that mm. was Check the brakes, yeah. Uh-huh. So it has the same <laughs> get up and go and all that. So it was a lot of fun. Um, I, I mean, I don't know much about hotels or anything, but got to stay in the Marriott and it was That's nice. nice. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. And not have to fight the bed with a cat. <laughs> there you go. And my boyfriend and just like die on the yourself. bed. It was great. So it was a lot of fun to go and witness that and see what's coming up. So when they have a Chevrolet one, I'm really excited to see that. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. I get to go. Well, he's he's looking at a GMC maybe, so pick up. Eventually. Eventually. I'll get so, you taken care of when you're ready. Okay. You know, he's ready. He's going to buy it from you, I'm sure. And then um, I guess Frankie Sorry. won't mind. So. <laughs> no, she she hates the truck I have now. So No, I mean. Need, don't need, worry. I'll take that off your hands later. <laughs> Yeah, but he's got a Yoda, so yeah, a little. Well, it's a six cylinder though, mm -hmm. stick shift. Mm -hmm. I got that used. It was uh, selling a lot forever because it was stick shift. No one would drive it. Uh, fun, funny thing about uh, standards, I'm one of the few salespeople that can drive a standard. So I pick on the guys at work who do like orders and stuff with a standard. They're like, "I need somebody to move my truck," and I'm like, "Half deal." <laughs> so, like, no. so these are grown men that can't drive a stick shift. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. Well, I call it my anti. Uh, my anti-theft device for millennials because <laughs> yeah, they don't know really how to drive is. stick. That's so true. I really don't care because my car right now is a 2016 Corolla. Mm. So six speed, um, pretty much taught myself how to drive standard growing up. So I've had this one for the last couple of years, but it's quite funny. Mm. Most, my managers who mm. know all how to drive uh, standard, some better than others, uh, they're the main ones that move it. So yeah, yeah. It's me, one of the newer guys that just got hired that can drive, and like two other people, one of the older heads that can drive. So one of the props with that, but um, doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt at all. Like back up, I uh -huh. got this. <laughs> well, I think, man, we we've gone through the the whole gamut. Pretty much. Um, and just on a lighter note, I've never been to the Jefferson in Richmond until we had our company Christmas party there. Oh boy! So oh, that place is awesome. It's a quiet place. I like it. Fancy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it is a nice place. I've only been there. I think I've had brunch there, but I only stayed there one night when 
my wife and I got married you know, 30 years ago. That was our honeymoon one night at the Jefferson. Mm-hmm. And that's what Frank and I did the night after, or well, the second night after our wedding, we went we went there and stayed. Nice. And, and then I my daughter did too. And then yeah. Megan Tommy did it too. Yeah, but then we had a, a honeymoon 10 years later. But anyway, <laughs> but that's great. I mean, I think that um, your story certainly is, you know, informative. And this is what this is about. But, I mean, you know, you, you wonder how you can, um, you honor the people who passed before you or whatever by, by you know, living, mm-hmm. by living well. That's mm-hmm. real. I mean, you know, in redemption. So everything, every, every, this is just my opinion of, of your, of your story is it's all about redemption. And, you know, that's really what this podcast is about is somebody who has a story who, who, you know, persevered and, and made it. So, I mean, I look at you and I'm just like, wow, I mean, you're a strong, powerful woman. I mean, I'm not just saying because we're on this podcast. I mean, I would say it is to you, period. And oh, I'm, you said it to me um, before. Yeah. And I just want other people to hear that. And, you know, your story, somebody's going to sit here and listen to it and like, man, I'm having a bad day. I'm like, hmm, how bad of a day am I really having? Because you've been through some some tough times. And you always yeah. say your thing is hard charger. Yeah. Is your motto. And I think you're the epitome of that because every, everything you talk about is just like, Something you know, living in a tent, uh, not having a place to live. Everything was just like, well, I got to keep moving. I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, yeah. I mean, that's, that's something I was like, wow. Uh, whatever's in you or whatever your drive is, I mean, that's it's huge. That yeah, huge. A, a lot of it. Um, I know I had it on the lighter end when it comes down to most things growing mm-hmm. up and all. But all in all, it's been one thing after another. But who else are you going to yeah. rely on? You got to take care of you. But I've definitely had to push and persevere through everything. So I'm, I believe there's a season for everything, um, and it's hmm. going to teach you um, something. It's either gonna you're going to realize that this is the way to do it, or it's going to be in the way of a psych. We're going to break you down and build you up. Mm-hmm. So I've had a lot of breaking down and building up to go. Yeah. And with that, I know that things are on the better side of everything now it's not much more of a survival mode anymore yeah it's nice for you yeah i think I that's the, huge yeah i have the opportunity to breathe and move forward and learn how to be healthy not just in a relationship but also healthy towards me yeah and take care of me um in a healthier way so to speak and with that it's just made me who i am today so i have to be very thankful for what i've learned what i've gr- grown through and I don't really hang on to much of anything. So if anybody's thinking about like my mom's case or something like that, I actually uh, worked on trying to forgive her husband or whoever committed the crime um, because I couldn't live with that hate or anything on my heart because yeah, yeah. it just made me bitter. So it's just like, you know what? I don't have to worry about anything anymore. She's in a better place. She doesn't have to worry about anybody beating on her. She doesn't have to worry about her kids. So I have a guardian angel. But with that, it's I'm surprised at how much I've gone through. And it's just like I'm 27 going on 28 years old, and it's just like now things are starting to get good. So all in due time. Yeah. Well, good. Yeah. I mean, that's, I'm going to end on that. Yeah. I mean, I, normally we try to say something profound, but I think that's it. Yeah. All in good time. Yeah. No, that was, <laughs> that was beautiful. Guys. And, yeah. And, and good for you and good for your uh, your boyfriend. So what's his name? Reed. Reed, Reed, you're a lucky person, <laughs> and um, we wish you the best too. Yeah, thanks for coming on and sharing your story. It was moving to me. And well, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. So we usually uh, he t- has a little bit here, and we 
Oh, yeah, last thing. You get this cup? Yeah. We always say that on the hill. And since you're a business, you know, a salesperson or it's got a little thing on the back and you say, hey, check me out on this podcast and it has everything on there that you might be able to pass out. We might give you some more since you actually. Yeah, go for it. With a lot of folk. It's a little small, but I think it'll work. Yeah. Has their website and everything on it. So, again, if you're chiming into the end, we on you, we're on YouTube, Spotify, Apple podcast, and we'll see you next time. Yes, I'll on the hill. Thank you for listening to On The Hill. Like, subscribe, and follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts. See ya.